0: you're listening to soar sessions with dr trish
1: and jeff
0: good afternoon everybody
1: hello everyone
0: everyone's favorite doctor dr trish and jeff
1: our favorite pa
0: tops in this room
1: the best one in this room
0: joining us today is a Patient of ours and uh, we've said before that we have some of the coolest patients not only what they're involved in outside of their professional lives but their professional lives as well and uh, we have one uh, such patient that's uh, joined us with uh, joined us today that we're going to talk to her name is Diane
1: Very good. Wow. I've been saying it wrong for years. We've been friends for how many years? Yes. So she's not only a patient, but she happens to be a friend now.
0: And you've been saying her name wrong. For
1: years. For years. So now she's going to say my name wrong because she can. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Diane has a uh, very interesting career. I find it fascinating. She's the executive producer of Great Day St. Louis on KMOV, where you can check it out on KMOV.com.
2: Correct. On the app. On the app. Every day from 9 to 10.
0: And Facebook?
2: (laughs) Uh, Facebook, you can do the GDXL. She's a professional. She is a
1: professional because I would be like, I have to look that up.
0: So as if being the executive, executive producer of a daily television show isn't enough, she is a blogger, she is a runner, and then as if all that isn't enough... She's the mother of three.
1: Hold on, there's a few more things. She's a triathlete. And more important, superseding all of those accomplishments, she's a soccer player. Which is probably why I have an affection for her in the beginning and from then. Although we've never played soccer together nor played against each other as far as I know, but perhaps at some point before I gave because it up. Because you told
2: me not to play anymore. I gave it up before you. <laughs> I told you to give
1: it up.
0: Diane is an interesting patient that I've had the pleasure of seeing, even though she's primarily Dr. Herford's problem. Every now and then, I have the pleasure of seeing Diane, to which most of our visits circulate around her telling me all the things that she normally does, which she shouldn't be doing. And then the visit ending with, well, what do you think? Can I keep doing all this stuff I'm not supposed to be doing the whole time?
1: And then she doesn't listen to you.
0: Yeah, and then pretty much we tell her everything she's not supposed to do, and then she disappears for a few weeks, and we find out she's just been doing everything she wanted to do.
1: But you two share something even more um, annoying. <laughs> mm. And that is Texas. That we hail yes.
0: from the greatest state in the Union. God's country. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Diane has one up on me in that she is a graduate of the University of Texas. I did not go to the University of Texas. I wanted to, but... Party
1: school. It is.
0: Best thing about University of Texas, Austin. Austin is one of the most phenomenal places in
1: the world. Enjoyed Austin when I went there for the first time last year. I, uh, I
2: always say I would have never left the city of Austin if they didn't pay me in Sunshine. That was, you know, my first job I made zero dollars, but I got to work in Austin.
0: And then after Austin, where'd you go?
1: Corpus Christi. what did you do in Corpus Christi?
2: So Corpus Christi, I was at two different stations. Uh, I started out at K I and then I went to
1: KRIS. What, what was your degree? Uh, broadcast journalism. So what was your desire at that time? What did you want to grow up and be when you were a little girl? So
2: when I was at, when I went into uh, broadcast journalism at Texas, I wanted to be a sports reporter. And um, that was, I actually sports interned for a long time, uh, worked for free for a very long time at KXAN, and I think they felt sorry for me for having worked for free for so very long that they gave me a job as an associate producer, and um, that's when I started doing kind of the jack of all trade, master of none, and um, started doing the overnight updates I don't know, if KSDK used to do them. I don't know if they still do, where they, every hour on the hour, do a little news update. And uh, yeah. and that was broad, not just updates on
1: sporting events. But
2: Oh, no, it was, it was at whatever, you know, whatever news update. And so then I would get, Nat, you know, I'd say, oh, wow, I got a phone call. Somebody's calling in. Somebody cares about my update. Your dress is ugly. Listen, bub, <laughs> they ain't paying me anything
1: for this. And so, you're uh, I'm wearing you're, a dress. yeah, you'll take this <laughs> you dress and you'll like more. it. Mm-hmm. more of an audience had you
2: you figure if somebody's calling in at 1 a.m they're either very lonely or very drunk so or both (laughs)
0: so you were sitting in a news station and at 1 a.m you'd get on the air for 20 seconds 30 seconds yes hey here's what's going on in corpus
2: no that was austin
0: oh
1: that was austin so were you waiting for the big
2: call like yes and i went and i sent i mean in that time so this will age me a little bit or date me, um, I would send out three-quarter-inch tapes. Wow. So they're, they're the big, old, clunky tapes. Uh, I sent them to any small market television station with a news director with a pulse and said, please look at my sports tape. Here it is. And Did you cover a specific sport? Well, I, you know, being in Austin, yeah, I got to football. Lots and lots of football. But I got some, I mean, I'll tell you what, that internship was one of the most rewarding Coolest things I've probably ever done career wise. I mean, I got to interview Dallas because at the time Dallas Cowboys were at St. Edwards, so I would cover, they would, you know, they didn't have time. It was like a two man sports crew. Hey, you know, intern, go cover the Cowboys. Okay. So I would cover the uh, Cowboys camp. Uh, Hey, we need you to go cover the stars. Okay. You know, go with a photographer up to Dallas and cover the stars. Okay. Um, you know I would go to you know Waco and cover the Longhorn baseball you know and then they'd put me down on the field um, you know during Texas games and say hey log the football game and make sure you get every play written down and so I mean the opportunities were pretty cool um, but you know at that time there were no females in sports journalism. It's
0: journalism as a whole is a brutal career right
2: it's a very brutal career it really is um you know i and i'm not going to say where but i was actually i went on an interview hey we have a sports opening great so i went and i drove my own little car down there and um got there and they said oh thanks for coming uh, you can go i said well do you want to interview me no we just needed a woman just so they could say they interviewed a woman and he said yep he goes these parts aren't really ready for a uh woman uh Sports Journal. But they just needed that. It was not in the state of Texas. but Check the box. Check the Holy box. Holy
1: moly. In your class at Texas, were there a lot of students who aspired to be what you were aspiring to be?
2: Um, at the time, you had to, and I don't know how it is anymore, but you had to audition to get in. So you could go into the journalism. So you can go to the School of Communications. Then you had to pick your field. So I wanted to go into journalism. And then you had to audition your sophomore year to get into the broadcast sequence, and they let at the time thirty kids per semester. So did you
1: run your school's TV station? Mm-hmm. Actually,
2: I was one of the people that helped uh, put the tower up—the uh, broadcast tower on top of the tower. The tower. So yeah, we actually we climbed up to the top and went and had to do the little hatch and put the uh, receive uh, transmitter. On top of the tower, I think. I don't know if it's still there today, but while we were up there, we signed our names and climbed back down.
1: That's worthy of a field trip. Yes.
2: I, I, don't, know if they, I don't even know if it's open because they closed it. I mean, when I was still there, it, had been, it was still closed.
0: Go to Texas.
2: Go into a small market. I go to a small market. I met my husband. And he, he we all know, is Roman. And he is a director at KTVI now. Um, but uh, he does sports. He does sports now. But he was a director at, or I guess he's not a director at KTBI. He's a sports producer at KTBI. And uh, so at the time he was, so so my husband, <laughs> we met at KIII
1: and um, he was the director of my show. How do you say their call letters? Are you supposed to say them a certain way? Uh,
2: they are K I I I. So I called them KIII. And uh, so, yes, we met there, and then he got a job at um, KTRK in Houston. I got a job at... That's
0: the home of Marvin Zindler. I'm going to drop a little knowledge on everybody. I'd like you all to go into YouTube and type in Marvin Zindler. We're all gone to sleep and right you now. You should watch <laughs> Marvin Zindler's very famous restaurant reviews. He specialized in health reports, and his special catchphrase was, Slime in the ice machine.
1: <laughs> they are foul. Go. They are so <laughs> gross.
0: And they're fantastic. And he had these beautiful nineteen eighties blue tinted lens glasses, and he <laughs> yep. had this flaming white hair, and he was fantastic. He was a <laughs> he was he was a Houston icon. Like he's beloved oh. by everybody.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, down there, you you say his name and everybody knows. Who he is? Well, the rest of us were falling asleep when you started talking about him. So
0: then you go to Corpus, which isn't like Dallas or Houston at all. I mean, it, really. it, it
2: was spring break every day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a neat, you know what? It's a neat city. It is. It's um, it's small. I think it's market one thirty six or something like that. What does so that market mean? size is like New York's one, um, St. Louis is like twenty one. Uh, it's based on your population. Market population. So and not just like Dallas. Dallas is considered Dallas Fort Worth and that market is what? 7, I think. You know, I was, I liked Corpus. Um I was a producer then. And so I produced the 5 uh, and ten, five at that time. And so then I went over to KRIS and did the which is the NBC affiliate and they paid me more money and said we'll have you do the 10. And I said, "Heck yeah." I went over there and did that. In the meantime, uh the man I was dating at the time went to uh, KTRK in Houston. And about a couple months later, St. Louis called and said, hey, we know you have family here. How would you like to come work here? And I said, well, what family? Did you- my mom and dad grew up here. And so um, my mom went to uh, Narek's, grew up in Webster. My dad grew up in St. Genevieve. Um, they met at Mizzou. And so my grandmother is still around. She's in uh, St. Jen. And um, and my other grandparents. But your parents still live in Texas. They still live in Texas. They live in Arlington, yeah.
1: So you moved to St. Louis, and your position here initially was? Uh,
2: Overnight producer. So I was the morning show producer for, there was three of us at the time.
1: And what was your husband doing at the time? Um,
2: He was still in Houston, and then we got engaged, and we're like, "Mm, one of us is
1: going to have to move.
2: So uh, I applied like crazy in Houston, did a bunch of interviews in Houston. He applied like crazy in St. Louis, and he landed at at, uh, KTVI, and we're like, okay, I guess this is it. So, you know, we got married in January of 2000, so next week is our 20-year anniversary. Congrats. Thank you.
1: And then you had children. And you ruined your lives. mean you made your lives better. Yes, much better. <laughs> <laughs> we all know about those blessings. Three girls. Mm. <laughs> so are any of the children following in the family footsteps of their parents? Uh, I hope not. Do <laughs> so you have a rewarding career, though? I mean, your career is actually, think of all the fascinating people you've met, all the things you've accomplished, the same for your husband. I mean, we have
2: we have met some pretty amazing people, yes. And, you know, back when I was doing, back when I was in the newsroom, um, and I did what I was special projects supervisor, um, I got to do some really cool things. Um, you know, not that I'm not now, but, I mean, what I was doing um, – You really walked in the door and you're like, okay, how am I going to make a difference today? So why aren't you able to do that now? It's just different. And, you know, I mean, I I was more hands-on in the sense of I was out in the field and I would do these stories and I could actually, you know, go out and do a story, produce a whole bunch of stories and get feedback. And as a result of the feedback, you know, various uh, charities would get thousands of dollars. I mean, you saw instantaneous feedback. Now, I'm not to say now with what I'm doing now. I mean, you know, people come on our show, they see these things that we do, and they're like, oh, wow, I saw this on your show, and, you know, I no longer have this problem. Well, that's great, you know. It's just not, it's not instantaneous. And it's not that
1: more personal connection. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So as an executive producer, because I'm, I'm ignorant to what some of these titles really mean, but what Can we just leave it? At we... ingrat- I'm ignorant. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I was too easy. I'll beat you to the punch.
0: So, what what do you do on a day-to-day basis as an executive producer?
2: So, Great Day is um, it is has a connection to sales. And so, part of what I do is I am the liaison between the sales department and our programming. So, we 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 do a little bit of news um, but we pride ourselves on not doing death and destruction. I mean, if you want to do, watch death and destruction by all means, you know, turn into any of our newscasts or whatever. And I mean, and that's what people, you know, news of the day, news of the record, Absolutely. you know, we are the talker show of the day. We are the water cooler stories of the day. Um, you know, what are people going to talk about? You know, we, you know, today we talked about Megan and Harry today. We talked about, you know, the consumer electronic show you know when they've got a smart toilet our guys are going to talk about
1: that for a while okay what's so smart about the toilet i miss this um
2: the smart toilet actually um it uh it warms it cools based on your need it gives you a personalized cleaning it plays music if you need it to and it has a light show
0: it sounds fantastic. I do
2: not need a light <laughs> show. For all
1: for a mere seven grand. It warms and cools. hmm Plays music and lights. hmm I mean, we'll never leave our homes again. My
0: wife probably never listens to this podcast, so I can say in April she's got a present coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine what they'll try. You should wait a couple of years. Seven Those grand, down, I told you.
2: Seven Seven, seven grand? grand. It can be yours. It
1: gives a whole yeah. new meaning to the I royal could flush. I easily do the
0: math on this. How much time do you spend a day in the bathroom?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait out. a minute. This Does is, it require a plunger
1: center. if you flush paper towels down the toilet?
2: Or with three girls, you can imagine all the problems I have at my house.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Jeff doesn't know this yet. He's are you kidding me? Not yet. You haven't. Uh, you haven't not, fully I'm, realized his twins. If are I'm not, not if I'm yet. not
0: fully involved in the bathroom trouble, trouble, then what I've got going on at my house is big trouble. It's get, <laughs>
1: Jeff, let us just tell you, it it's, gets worse. It is insane. There are, things, there are not enough signs in the world to make that. Problem it is insane going.
0: what I am dealing with from a plumbing level at my house. <laughs>
1: I I took a picture of myself buying a plunger and using a plunger because I made a really dumb mistake and I figure plumbing (laughs) is only that easy. And you know, those plumbing liquids, you can't pour down the toilet. This is a whole nother podcast. All right. Let's get back to you, Diane. All right. So you're working here. You actually are making an impact in people's lives and you're giving them something more than the ugly news of the day. And you still... Which I got
0: to admit, honestly, I know it's your business, but God, I watch like 10 minutes of the news every morning and every day. I'm like, I just want to kill myself. No, you
2: don't. I, that's why you should watch Great Day. I, I mean,
0: honestly, I can appreciate that because I do watch the news and I'm like, okay, so much of the stuff is just really depressing.
2: Oh, that's, I mean, that's one of the things we we really, and we talk about it. I mean, our, our editorial meeting is, you know, there's five of us. So our editorial meeting, when we sit there and pitch stories, you know, it's, hey, you know, how are we going to talk about this? Because they're not the 20-second, this is, you know, blah, 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 next story, blah, 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 every 20 seconds, another story. It's, here's the story, and now we're going to discuss it for two, three minutes, you know. Take, for instance, the Meghan-Harry thing today, and they... Really, kind of talked about, well, you know, is this selfish? Is this a, you know, is this really a financial thing? And, you know, why, you know, why is Oprah involved? It, it, Oprah's is involved. it
1: was Oprah is. I isn't. love Oprah. I wanted to do, retire so I could watch Oprah. I miss the <laughs> band again. <laughs> you
0: got to watch Ellen, the new Oprah.
1: I love Ellen too, but I can't retire. Anymore. Kids, <laughs> they ruin all of our lives. I mean, make all of our lives better.
0: Question on your. N- news production then, do you throttle your stories based on- the current events? Yeah, so like if there's been a, a particularly violent week or dramatic week, do you then try to-
1: Talk about Ted Drews or something. No. <laughs> what do you
2: do? So like if it's, we actually will, we will deflect, so to speak. We bring in the guest. So if it's something, you know, a big, like during impeachment trials, my hosts don't want to go down that road. We pride ourselves on, even though we are a talk show, you still have to stay, you don't want to step in it. So we bring in an outside person and say, you know, explain the process to us. Um, You know, when, so Metro has something going on, you know, and it's a big news story involving Metro. I will call the PR person for Metro and we will deflect it to them and have them talk about it that way it's not necessarily us you know in that way it kind of it gets the information out because we are you know we are supposed to give out the information we do give out the information but if it's somebody else giving it um it we deflect not deflect it
1: but we are still giving out the information but we won't be endorsing it yourself exactly okay so let's delve into Diane's crazy world. Because, I mean, really the reason she's here is because she's a nut. <laughs> she's my friend, so she's probably a little crazy anyway. But
0: So, Diane, why don't you share with our listeners what you just completed?
1: Um, I just did my first and
2: probably only ultra marathon.
0: And why don't you go ahead and explain what an ultramarathon is for everyone?
1: Uh, an ultramarathon is anything over a marathon, which is 26 two miles there Jeff so and don't forget the point two. we get angry <laughs> people who run marathons it is a little bit more than 26 26.2 i've seen the stickers i like those stickers sydney sydney wants a sticker that says 0.0 i have one of those stickers <laughs>
0: I, I have uh, been at the finish line of several marathons. <laughs> I've I've never been at the starting line. Well, I might have been at the starting line. My wife runs marathons. To take
1: a picture.
0: I have partaken in a lot of, uh, let's see, uh, ultra. Ultra is served at the end of every marathon, it seems like. And then here in St. Louis, occasionally.
1: You're not supposed to partake unless you've participated. Know, I,
0: there's no rules. I didn't see anything. There are rules, Jeff. Um, there's one marathon here that gives out ice cream cookie sandwiches and beer. I think the yes, Go. go. Right? And I, I've had those. I've had the. I've had the post-marathon cookie ice cream cookie sandwich without and beer.
1: doing the marathon.
2: Of course. A couple of years ago, it was so cold at Go. I ran the half. And I got my cookie sandwich, and I was so cold. I just sat in my car shaking, but I was like,
1: my God, I'm going to eat this cookie sandwich, and I'm going to love it. Oh, the joys of running. Diane can talk anybody into about anything, and I will just go into my, I signed up for a biking event, which is only more fascinating because, number one, I don't really bike, and number two, I didn't even have a bike. And this was not just bike, like 20 miles this was 120 not just 120 but 120 up a couple of mountain peaks for my first bike race did i do it no cuz i still didn't have a bike. I kept
2: asking her, i'm like <laughs> when are you going to get a bike you should probably start riding with us to get <laughs> uh to get acclimated to this it was you know it's funny cuz i uh just got asked the other day what was probably the hardest thing i've ever completed and i would say
1: that what's the name w- of that race
2: triple bypass the triple
1: if I had actually done the triple bike, It yes. is in Colorado. Climb Mount
2: Evans, um, the Continental Divide, and then uh, Vail. And it is
1: beautiful. So the climb is hard, but the hard part for people who don't bike a lot is actually the downhill. Because you don't want to ride your brakes the whole time. But people who are afraid of speed or afraid of falling do ride the brakes and that's a little bit dangerous
0: i have driven pike's peak several times not once got out of breath (laughs) not once was nervous not once um actually no fear for myself at all at any point when i drove that mountain
1: so diane just had a birthday and her fun was hey my girlfriends join me let's do a 15 mile run i however was busy doing something more wholesome saving the world I wasn't saving the world. Honestly, I wish I could. And
2: the only reason I jumped to 15 was because I promised Trish that I would stop. I wouldn't run, that I would take a break between the ultra and this past weekend.
0: Yeah, if anybody's picking up on um, a slight air of uh, (laughs) dripping sarcasm in my voice when I ask Diane what she does, it's because beyond being... Uh, an executive producer for a daily television show. Beyond The being mother a,
1: of three beautiful ladies.
0: She's also a patient who has, and this is with her permission, all the HIPAA police out there, uh, she has a, a pretty six extensive list of orthopedic injuries. None of the least is her back, which is, um, I believe the medical term is hot mess.
1: <laughs> it's only a hot mess if you don't take care of it. This is the Diane is a perfect example of the patient that I I want everyone to know about, and it's that what your X-rays look like are in no way an indication of what you can do from a performance or functional standpoint. A thousand
0: percent. Um, that being said, it sure would be nice if she wouldn't run for hours on end with her hot mess of a back
1: it's not that because i want diane to run and i want her to invite me to do crazy trail runs in minus seven degree weather i want diane to don't forget the uh, pouring
2: and, down rain last year with lightning pouring <laughs> down
1: rain and running and i carried her across the finish line lettuce all know that literally and I purchased a bike for this woman that I fell over because I didn't learn how to clip in and clip out. <laughs> and so it went straight over on my knees. And if you'll ask my brother and my daughter, I was never going to get on a bike again, but I have. The important point here is that Diane's back, the hot mess that it is, I would never limit her in running or doing triathlons. I do think that in the future she's going to have to be more selective to protect her back. So it's not as, will not require as many treatments um, to keep her healthy and that she can continue to do all the things that she loves to do because she's a crazy woman and because those awesome daughters of her, hers will look up to her and hopefully have the same kind of crazy behaviors when they're women of our age. So I look at Diane as an inspiration, but I look at Diane as somebody who needs a little bit of a harness on holding her back from doing so many crazy things.
0: I think it's, um, and I say this to patients a lot, and I, I might have actually said it to Diane, it's real simple for our job to tell people how to, you know, hey, your back is... XYZ, and if you don't want it to hurt, go sit on the couch. Like when you take when you deal with athletes, if you look at athletes and you say, "Hey, you know," Diane comes in and says, "Oh, I ran forty miles last week in a uphill in the rain, and that my back."
1: That was in two days, and my back
0: is killing me. And we go, "Oh, well, it'd just be real simple if you just would stop running." But we try not to ever do that because that's really simple. The the key to what we do is trying to keep you doing the things you like to do. Now, there's a catch. And I've, we've had this discussion, I know that most positive you and I've had this discussion, thing is that we'll say to you, hey, look, it's really hard for us to keep you doing the things you want to do without some level of discomfort. And what Diane's probably one of the best at is saying, there's a certain level of discomfort that I'm willing to accept for these other goals that are really important to me. And that's different than some people that say, well, I have five herniated discs, I have all this arthritis, and I don't, I want to run a a marathon, but I don't want to hurt. Those two things might not work together very well.
1: And I will tell you that there are many physicians out there that will tell you not to run, not to do certain things. I will never be that physician because it makes no sense to me. Number one, I would never do it for myself. If somebody told me I couldn't run, I would say, well, there is not a drug in this world that could calm my crazy head down if I didn't get to run. So... I think it's more important to have somebody like you. You epitomize what we want in our patients, and that is stay as active as you can. Let me help you in doing that, but also let me help you be smart because we are an aging population, and there are certain things that I can't reverse, but I don't ever want to stop you from doing the great things that you do because, it, number one, your example for your friends you're an example for your daughters, and you're an example for any of our listeners. These are things that you can do and should do to be as crazy and active and happy as you well, One are. of the
2: things, I mean, you guys, a couple weeks ago when I was in, and we looked at my back again, and you, you gave me a, a good kick in the gut about what was going on with me, but you also said, hey... Get your act together and start working on your core again. And I admitted, I said, yeah, you know, I've been taking some time off and I have not been doing core. And so, you know, it's not all about, you guys are really good about making sure you know what to do. Physical therapy, um, you know, it's not all about medicine in the sense of injections or whatever. Hey, take care of yourself, and if we have to go in, we'll go in, um, and I, I amped that core up.
1: You sure did, and Diane's a perfect example of where medicines, so things that we can take by mouth, injections, chiropractic, you work with a f- fantastic chiropractor that we love, who is great at helping, keep, helping you stay in the um, most comfortable place you can be to do the crazy things you do, and um, physical therapy so um, these are all tools to keep you super active because diane's next year is barcelona a marathon in barcelona spain the iron man so let's go over the iron man that is a one what's the mi- one point what no two how many miles do you 2.4 i'd be backstroking I don't know. Or drowning. 2.4-mile swim. Bike ride's one hundred. The, normally,
2: they're 112, but the particular race that I signed up for can't loop the way it needs to loop, so it's 116.
0: Of course it is. Oh. <laughs>
2: 116
1: and a full marathon. And she's going to do that in three Yeah, hours. three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to take me all day. So that's, that's Diane's year, and this is after I told her to to settle down
0: exactly I got I got mixed up in that discussion too because you had told her to settle down and then I ended up seeing her that day and I said to her well what do you have coming up and she proceeds to lay this on me (laughs) to which I said that doesn't sound settled down at all
2: but for her it kind of of is because I've only signed up for two events this year
0: yeah you (laughs) understand that's really crazy
1: so before I finish my athletic career, I have to do a triathlon. I'm not sure I'm going to do an Ironman, though. But
0: It's interesting. In my career, I am as far away from a runner as you could get. I actually don't know if I could get further on the spectrum of a runner the farther away from a runner. But I've taken care of a lot of runners, and I think, I'm well, married to one, which helps a little bit, but I think... His wife's a beast. Yeah, I, and I'm not afraid to say it. My wife is a freak of nature athlete. <laughs> she is really a beast. But I think the one thing that has always helped me with taking care of runners is that I appreciate the drug that is running. Everybody has some addiction, it seems like, of some sort, whether it's... Wine. You know, music or TV or, or true drugs or alcohol or wine, but running is... Running cannot be recreated by almost any other exercise. So you take true runners and you say, get on the exercise bike. They laugh at you. They're not, they don't like it and they can do it for hours on end. And I appreciate that that is the drug of choice for some folks and it is their therapy of choice. It is.
1: If you add women and running together, the conversations, I read an article. I wish I would been the journalist who put this together Women who run in the conversations we have, your friends with running, your running girlfriends are conversations you would never ever have with wine, at work, over dinner. It is a truly different relationship, a truly different opening experience and the things that are said during um, runs with girlfriends far more deep, amazing, different than any other other conversation conversations that you'll have stopping
0: people from running when you care for these runners it's a really big deal it's much bigger than just hey you dummy stop running it's so, like no it affects every aspect of their life
1: it's not for diane it's you don't get to stop running my goal and our goal in treating you is to keep you running but we as you continue to have some issues with that hot mess of a back i love the way jeff says that because i I hate to categorize people um, based on what their x-rays look like because you're definitely not a hot mess when it comes to functioning. Um, Is hey, how do we keep you doing these same crazy things the rest of your life? And that's what you need to do. Yeah, one of the
2: coolest things that you did for me that has been a game changer for me is uh, when you did the nerves um, for the arthritis. And um, that was...
0: Talking about radio frequency ablation.
2: Yes. Isn't that what it was? RFA? Yes. Yeah.
0: So, an RFA for our listeners that may not be familiar with it, it's a, it's a really, it's probably my favorite procedure that Dr. Herford does, I think, because uh, radio frequency ablation is where we use, uh, Dr. Herford uses a needle that emits radio frequencies and then it, um, through that needle, it ablates the nerves or burns the nerves.
1: Yeah, it heats the nerves to a certain uh, temperature so that the nerves retract. Only to regrow over time. It gives you a period of pain relief for arthritis. I mean,
0: we understand that with a lot of the problems that people have in their backs, the, the fix is, uh, the cure, if you will, is sometimes worse than the problem. So, And sometimes fixing it's not an option. Um, we're just not there yet. And arthritis is one in, in the, the small joints of your back is one of those things where fixing it's actually a really pretty, of a, pretty much a big deal.
1: It's a functional changer. It For you, it would create a, an issue for the activities that you like to do. So
0: with radio frequency ablation, one of the reasons I love it so much is because it's, um, it's a try before you buy. We get to do a block procedure before, and you get to find out, hey, is this going to help this person?
1: I like that fri- phrase, try before you buy, but you're exactly right.
0: And so I think it's a really cool procedure because it's not permanent, doesn't it? It doesn't, these things will regrow over time.
1: And it's, you know, unless it's done by um, a person who's not so skilled, there's really so little risk in doing that procedure, at least in the hands of somebody who knows what they're doing.
0: I think that's really kind of been the key for someone like Diane is. We we appreciate her crazy for all that it is.
1: Which is why she's my friend, because I dig crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's real, and somewhat... People like Diane are actually somewhat easy to take care of because they you just you just know okay Diane's got an off switch and an on switch the on switch is a hundred percent full throttle and uh, we just try to help protect her from herself a little <laughs> bit best we can
1: we can't do that I'll just be honest but I
0: think you know the last time you were in Diane the the one thing that we did really discuss was more. Instead of stopping what we did talk a lot about timing and like, okay, hey, let's look at your training and then what can we do as far as what what gadgets and gizmos and tricks do we have from a pain management perspective and how can we fit those in in a timing perspective because our goal for you is the triathlon's the, the biggie and we wanna, we want to try to, like, how do we put everything together so that we hit our pain management peak at the same time you're hitting your physical peak
1: so and this is steroid injections or biologic treatments so stem cell or prp when do and how do we use those to help you accomplish your goals and that's our challenge I and mean, that's the fun part we um, did the knees and the knees what was that a year ago two years a year ago a year ago and then they've held up great so in my head, we did the knees like a week before you did a marathon, but you no. reminded me it was not that soon. It was a
2: month, because then you told me, <laughs> do not run for a month. And I did not. I listened to you. You said, it will not work if you don't sit on your butt and not run. So I did not run. I, did, I didn't necessarily sit on my butt. And she but won I, the race. <laughs> yes, you <know>? I won. <laughs> I, my goal was to finish. I did that race... Um, that was the second race I ran for American Cancer Society, and um, I did that race specifically for my friend who had passed away
1: earlier in the summer. Uh, and she was not missing that no. race, and I was not going to allow her to miss that race. She
2: asked, you would ask me a couple times, you know, "Are you sure you don't want to defer to next year?" And I said, "I can't. I just can't."
1: and I, so again, another reason I love this woman.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, I I was going to walk it. If I had to, I was going to walk it. it, it,
1: You would (laughs) have called it,
2: but it was, you know, it was too big of a deal for me, and not just for me, but, you know, when I was training at the time, she was still around, and, um, you know, and then it became, okay, you know, I'm, I wanted to show her her husband, okay, you know, her memory is not lost and I'm not gonna quit on her. And that's why I kept going. This Very is, cool.
1: So this is this is Diane. This is one of our patients and this is actually one of my I would say really cool friends. And we had margaritas <laughs> the other night. We have a lot in common. More than I mean, I knew we
2: had a lot in common, but we have a lot in common. Yes, We're both weird yes.
1: and a little wacky.
0: All right, Diane. So the question I have is then, if a person is thinking about some of these events, mm-hmm. like they want to get into triathlons, they want to get into maybe running distances, um, you live in that world. What's the best way for someone to get started? I think
2: a an accountability partner is the best way to do, go about. I
1: mean, this morning. Are there any groups that... Um, that you would hook people into for running or for triathletes. Um
2: My current club is Maplewood. Um, we do a lot of stuff together, um, but you know Fleet Feet's got a great running page. Facebook is like one of the best tools in the world for runners and for athletes because you can get on there and you can Google uh, women's St. Louis runners and there's a west county women's runners group and so you don't you know if you don't want to run with guys or you don't want to run with girls or whatever whoever's listening and you want to you know just you you can't even you know if you're a guy and you're trying to get into the women's runner group sorry and that way it's a safe place um you know it's you know if you know on your own facebook page say hey you know you've got friends you've got a circle on your own Facebook page, post, hey, I'm thinking about going out for a run. You know, I'm a new runner. Especially people who are passionate about the sports like I am. I will never begrudge somebody who is just starting. If if for anything, it's exciting for me because I get the opportunity to show
1: somebody why I love it. That's why I love it. And she talks the whole damn thing time. So you don't have to talk back. <laughs> one, one of
2: my, one of my dear friends, Terry, who I ran with on Saturday. She said, wow, well, I, she actually ran the ultra with me. And she, uh, she laughed because she said, wow, well, I missed our two and a half hours of uh, use talking straight. And I said, oh, it's all right. That's why I'm so slow. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like soccer. I don't really play soccer anymore. Cause I, I do understand that, you know, that every time I get hit,
1: that it that hurts it ch- well it's the recovery from soccer and which is why i gave it up it you know you play and it takes you five days to recover and then you're good for a day and then you exactly play. you know <laughs> it's yeah. a little nutty. at the end of the
2: day that's my first love you know and that's why i coach all these little girl soccer teams you know i love soccer and i it, it, and so i get great joy out of teaching people um i
1: again it brings us back Which is why I love her. The world's greatest sport right there.
0: The last thing we didn't mention yet is her blog. Mama's trying.
1: Like T-R-I-I-N-G.
0: So how did you get started blogging?
1: Hold on that because this comes back to your career choice. Did you ever want to be a writer? No. (laughs) Okay. Never (laughs) mind then takes me away <laughs> well, well you it. are a writer i mean i would be a writer if once i retire i am totally going to be a. writer. there is a certain I'm level
2: of i mean when i the difference between like when i would news produce in its 20 second story 20 second story that is just who what where when why that's all it is um my favorite thing in the world to do when it comes to journalism is feature reporting and that is where you get to focus on a person And, you know, tell their story. And that's where you incorporate sound and pictures. And you get to get your own creative writing involved. And, you know, it's, you know, and that's why I love, that's the part of writing I do love. Um, You know, my kids make fun of me because I'm a stickler when it comes to the English language and grammar. And my mother was a teacher. So, you know, we're hardcore on the correct usage of the language, so forgive me if I screwed it up here, but, um, you know, I do love, I guess I do love to write, Um, but that's not why I went in. I I went in because, I went into the field because I really wanted to share my love for sports.
1: That's awesome. All right, so let's wrap this up. You work for who?
2: I work for Channel 4.
1: We can find you on every day on Channel 4 at what time?
2: 9 a.m., KMOV, Great Day St. Louis.
1: And we can find your blog material.
2: Uh, Mama's Trying. It's the uh, And I also have a Facebook page, Mama's Trying, um, so you can find it. All right.
1: There. Jeff, our favorite part's coming up. She doesn't even know. Oh, boy.
2: What are you all setting me up for?
0: Our favorite time of the day, Diane. This is a section that we call Getting Hammered. <laughs> Getting Hammered is five questions. Yes. You've never seen them. They are not meant to be brain teasers, they are um, semi rapid fire questions. Just uh honest answer, first thing that comes to your mind, or relatively first few things that come to your mind.
1: Don't be boring, because, of course, Jeff will make fun of you.
0: Never to your face.
1: Actually, to your face, but more so behind <laughs>
0: your back. I've never been rude to any of our guests, only you. All right, so here we have Diane for Getting Hammered. Question one. If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be,
2: and who would play you? I hope live action. Um. And I would have to say, what's the gal from Speed? Um, Sandra Bullock? Yeah.
0: I don't normally tease our guests, but I am just going to say one thing. Your statement was, what's the gal from Speed? (laughs) She's been in 500
1: movies.
2: Once again, we're dating myself. (laughs)
1: She's too busy to watch movies, Jeff. Hello. Speed's like from what, 19. But 91? tell them what I do.
2: <laughs> but tell what I do on the treadmill. I've gone through now the entire
1: Star Wars oh, trip. Yes. She's totally nerd. Oh, goodness. I forgot about that. This is something we don't have in common.
0: <laughs> All right. Question number two If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why?
2: I have never been to South Africa, and I would love to go there. Why? Um, I just hear it's beautiful. And that's really why I want to go.
0: Question number three: What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten?
2: She's from Texas.
0: Nothing strange nope, down there because
2: you can't even say armadillo chili because that's kind of everywhere. Armadillo <laughs> <laughs> it
1: ends in an A. When you call that armadilla? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. Gosh, I don't know. Well, what's the most nasty thing you've eaten? I don't know
2: because I've kind of, I've kind of traveled all over the world and I've eaten some. Nasty stuff. When I was in Moscow and ate, like, funky caviar.
1: Yes, I love to admit that caviar is... It's gross. It's terrible. Even good caviar. I don't care what they say.
2: It could have been good. It could have been bad. I don't know. It was
1: nasty. I've I've had it. It is nasty.
0: (laughs) Closest thing I've had to caviar is pimento cheese, (laughs) which is called the caviar of the (laughs) south. That's right.
1: (laughs) You you had a catfish that was budding with (laughs) hormones, and that was as close to caviar (laughs)
2: Straight out of the Mississippi.
0: (laughs) Question number four. What is your favorite movie quote? She
1: doesn't watch movies. We've already established (laughs) this. Only on the treadmill. i doesn't remember Sandra Bullock's name.
0: I'll answer answer for her. Don't take your foot off the accelerator. (laughs) If the bus drops below 55 miles an hour, we're going to explode. But you
1: guys would die laughing if you knew what my favorite movie is. What is your favorite movie? Let's change the question. (laughs) What is... Your favorite movie? Sound of music. Aw. So what's your favorite phrase from the sound of music? The hills are alive. Do a deer. I don't know. I, do. I love that musical. I do too. I, I mean, <laughs> we, we'll just be honest. Musicals are my fave, but I can sing don't every song.
0: <laughs> Question number five.
1: <laughs> We're moving on. We're moving this. on. <laughs> He's done with us.
0: Question number five. If you had access to a time machine, where and when would you go?
2: Hmm. I don't know. Wow, that's a toughie, too. Future
1: or past? No, past. You'd go past. And where in the past? Well, this is,
2: so I'm also a a big World War II history nerd. There we go. (laughs) So, I don't know why, but I just, I've always been fascinated with when my grandfathers were alive and the stories that they would tell about uh, their involvement in the war. Where were they? Uh, My my, uh, dad's dad was in Czechoslovakia as a gunner. Uh, so he actually you had to you knew to talk on one side because the other side he couldn't hear because that was the the gun side um so he was actually in czechoslovakia and then my uh other grandfather was a a navigator and part of the army air corps and flew um south pacific
0: i love those guys i every time we have patients that are those guys from the war They wear their hats, you know, their veteran hats. I spent 20 minutes on their back problem and 40 minutes on. Tell me what it was like when you were in the war.
1: I spend 20 minutes solidly respecting what they've done for us. Their stories
2: are amazing. You know, it was a long time to get one of my grandfathers to talk. And finally, he just, you know, all of a sudden started spilling. They don't, you know, well, I guess it depends on the person, but they typically don't you know, like to talk about it. And, you know, when they started, you're like, oh, my gosh, you went through that. And, you know, what my grandmothers gave up, you know, to while they're overseas and just listening to their contributions. I mean, it's really fascinating.
1: I agree. Diane, you just got hammered. Fantastic.
0: All right. We'd like to thank our good friend, Diane, for joining us.
1: Thank you, Diane. You're very welcome.
0: This has been... Another episode of Soar Sessions with the Dr. Trish
1: and Jeff.
0: Until next time, live happy, live healthy,
1: live long.